On this episode of Resi Week, Savant buys GE Lighting and Cedia Expo goes virtual. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week episode 226. Richie's been here a while. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, uh, we have a fantastic panel of guests, including a bunch of my good friends. First of all, we have Paul Williams. He is the general manager of product management and growth at GE Lighting. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks. Pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for the invite. Thank you so much for, for joining us again. We have my good buddy, Richard Fergosa. He is the uh, principal at Fergosa Design. How are you, sir? Miller West Coast greetings. It's good to uh, be here. It's actually really cool to have this group of guests. I'm, I'm excited about this one, man. This one's going to be a good show. Uh, um, I'm super pumped about it. And last and not, not least, we have Alex, the founder of Josh AI. How are you, sir? I'm very glad to be here. Um, although that's a loaded question. How am I with a pandemic and cities on fire? I mean, things are things are getting real right now, but I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. Well, we're going to kind of zone out from all of the 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 craziness that's going on right now and talk about a little bit of not craziness, but exciting times within the channel. Uh, we're going to kick this off with a story that kind of, I got to say, dropped out of kind of nowhere for me. I, I was not expecting this at all. And I'm very excited uh, about it uh, specifically is one of the reasons why we have uh, Paul on. Savant Systems, this came out on the 27th. Savant Systems has acquired GE Lighting. Of course, you know Savant Systems from uh, our channel, if you're if you're within the channel. Uh, and you've probably heard of GE Lighting. They're kind of a big deal. They've been around for a while. Um, this is one of those, as I said, this kind of came out of left field for me. I did not, I did not see this. I was not expecting this, but I am really excited to see where this goes. Uh, we are we're referencing a story that comes to us from Residential Tech today uh, on this acquisition. There is also a, a really good interview um, with one of the key folks from Savant. Uh, but Paul, let, let's let's kick this off with you. That makes the most sense, of course. This is a this is a huge deal for GE Lighting, but it's also a massive deal for Savant. You have obviously been in the channel for quite a while, and you've you've got some history on yeah, the control absolutely. side and obviously the lighting side. What is this? What is this going to mean to Savant in the channel? I, I I don't think it's going to be a massive change for the general consumer who buys a GE uh, dumb switch or light or or smart switch at a big box store. But what is this going to mean for the channel to have that, that GE brand kind of become synonymous with smart home? Yeah, I think it, it, it's a big deal, even from the residential shelf all the way through that professional dealer. And if we look at the, let's focus in on the, on the CD, a professional dealer, um, CI dealer that's out there. Um, there's, I think there's some big benefits. Um, in fact, not think, no, there's some big benefits that are going to happen there. One, we're taking the, the, this name brand 
and um, it's a name brand that's that's uh, especially electricians know inside and out. They install GE products on a daily basis, and so having that name on it is a, another level of trust that they've got. So as you're going into a project, um, I went through this battle on in my my previous life. Um, you you have an electrician, you hand them the products, and they go, "Well, I don't know anything about this company. I, I've never even heard of these guys before." And you're have you're constantly battling. Oh yeah, they've been around for a long time. You do that, all that stuff. But GE is the name they're going to know. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. You don't have to get over that hurdle. They don't have to get over the trust issue. They understand that brand. Um, and then if you just look at the at the. So I think there's that part, and that's the name brand that's that's part of it. In fact, if I look at the at the at the powers of this of this acquisition, it's really under brand and access that mm -hmm. you get people. Um, we've got fantastic people at GE Lighting. Uh, great tenure with some folks who've been there for a long time. And then there's technology that's part of that. And the technology is not just the electronics and the technology and the software and all those things. It's, it's also our supply chain and our sourcing and our ability for, uh, and our distribution ability are really going to fine tune uh, that. And that's going to be a big boost to what Savant's doing today to help dealers out, make sure they've got the product when they need it, uh, to make sure that we're lowering costs when we can. Uh, to get the most affordable and the best products out on the market. And just really fine-tuning that supply chain is going to be a big deal. Um, and that's another thing that we bring to that, to this experience and to this, this merger, is this deep knowledge there. We've uh, got, got, got deep roots that go all over the world uh, from a sourcing and manufacturing perspective that we can bring to bear. Very, very good. Uh, Uncle Richie, when you, when you see this, the kind of one of the biggest things that, that Paul hit on a couple of times there is that brand recognition, is that, that brand awareness. And keep in mind that not only did they acquire uh, or is the, the intent to inquire the, the portfolio of, of products as well as the employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're also have a, uh, a long-term licensing agreement to use the GE brand and the GE smart home brand. You're somebody who's been in this business since the dawn of it. <laughs> you, you've, you firsthand encountered exactly what Paul talked about, where you walk in, you're specking something that has been around forever. The homeowner doesn't know it. The contractor doesn't know it. The electricians don't know it. And instantly their back gets up because it's this newfangled thing. Heck, I've tried to sell Lutron to electricians who look at me as if they have no idea what, what that brand is and they've never heard of it. What does it mean to our channel to have like arguably one of the best known, if not the best known brand name now synonymous with what we do every day? Um, honestly, I think it's one of the, not one of the first times, but it is a, a it was a perfect opportunity for our industry to get smart enough to, to go, you got to go along to get along. And a lot of times when we started out, and, and again, thank you for politely saying I'm old. I uh, didn't say that. I just said that you were here at the dawn. You were like that was the, years old. I love the velvet glove approach on now. And it's like, as somebody who's very old. Um, as however, the senior in the room. I, I will say, I mean, it's, I'm coming up on 30 years. You know, I, I mean, I was 20 when I started. And, 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 you know, we, we've always told the stories that, you know, the running joke is that we all got into this industry because we didn't have day jobs, right? You know, our bands weren't making money. And so we all had to get day jobs and, 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 and do this. 
And uh, it was Wild West. I mean, we didn't have, there was no respect for our industry because nobody knew what we did. Um, and so to say 30 years ago that, that one of our manufacturers was going to pair with GE General Electric, the house that Edison built, uh, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, now we know why you're also not getting day jobs because you're smoking your own supply. So uh, one of, the, one of the, the big thing about this is that it um, is an opportunity for manufacturers, both from the general public side and, and from our industry to say, you know, we, we need to focus now on coming together more than ever. The technology shifts are happening to the point that you can be innovative and you can bring out a product that is unique in its market, Josh AI, Alex, um, and you can also partner with a large manufacturer and established name and shed, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, shed new light on the market <laughs> and, uh, and, and really give it the opportunity for other manufacturers to say, hey, we don't necessarily need to go together. We, you know, we don't need to, to buck the trend. We can partner, we can merge, we can, for me, it was an example of a good merger mm -hmm. um, in our industry where it actually created something. And, and, all, and I'm, I'm gonna say this as well too. I mean, I, I, I mean I, we've got two, I call them friends of the show on, you know, and Alex and Paul, but Paul's phenomenal. And, and what he did at, at his prior uh, position, um, he brings a, a breadth and, and depth of the industry that he can also be an ambassador and a champion in this case where, you know, we have somebody who came up from the trenches in our industry and is now working, you know, it, it was a great move for Paul, you know, obviously the timing couldn't have been better. Um, you know, I mean, everything came together, interestingly enough, um, which was really cool. Uh, but, I, but I think that it's, I'm excited in what it means in terms of our industry saying, our industry being able to say, we need to reach out. And more importantly, other manufacturers being able to say, this is a viable concept. You know, a large manufacturer who didn't necessarily understand the market, we can point to this, you know, and it's like, it's everything. It, it always comes down to somebody's gotta be first. Mm -hmm. And to me, this was an example where they went, yeah, this is, you know, this is something that the company can point to and say, yeah, this, this was the first one and this is what started the process. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, not necessarily for the technical side of things, because technically it's still all the same. Um, but from the perception standpoint, it, it just changes uh, the tone. Very good. Alex, one of the things that, that Paul touched on that uh, I saw in a couple of the articles about this, but also just find really, really intriguing. From the manufacturing standpoint, when you see when you see this kind of partnership come together or this this acquisition come together and you look at that distribution chain and sourcing chain that GE has which is not to say that Savant does not have a top-notch sourcing and distribution chain as well but is there going to be can you foresee a lot of crossover between those two or are they going to in your mind is that going to be a tough thing to do or all of a sudden, will you go into your local electrical distribution house and see Savant smart home products? I mean, I'm kind of laughing, thinking that Paul has a lot more inside information, probably stuff he shouldn't and, and can't share with us. Which is why we don't ask him that question. <laughs> <laughs> For, from my viewpoint, it's an interesting question to think through because 
this entire industry from my vantage point is about partnerships. You know, it's about integrating with other brands that have great reputations that you bring each other up, you know, all, you know, ships take advantage of the rising tide. And I think this is going to be a really exciting and really interesting, uh, shall we say partnership. It's really an acquisition, you know, Savant buying GE lighting, um, but really a partnership of brands that we don't know exactly how it's going to roll out. I know more traditionally in tech, when you see Facebook or Microsoft acquire someone, there's often a lot of skepticism that they're not going to integrate very well. They're slowly going to destroy the brand. Things ultimately don't usually work out. I mean, you've got competing brands within Google and Microsoft's platforms that ultimately do the same thing. And that's often because of acquisitions in large companies that are a lot less um, sort of easy to, to control. In this case, the fact that Savan, a smaller company by headcount, is acquiring a larger company in terms of many, many more people, I think there's better hope. You know, there's better hope that they'll be able to align on distribution and manufacturing and even just core policies. Um, but if I were to find out two years later that that never happened, I wouldn't really be surprised just because of other industries, how, how hard it is to commingle, you know, just cultures and, and everything. Um, I will say, though, that I, I don't think most integrators and, and parts of the value proposition, the value chain and what we do understand how complicated building hardware really is. You know, you've got the design, the R&D, the engineering side of things. You've got, you know, the early sort of distribution, the prototyping, the engineering, the manufacturing, scaling up, making sure your quality control is in check, making sure that, you know, you're not shipping faulty product. The whole just return policy when you do have bad product, there's a lot that goes into it. And these are things that Savant has had to figure out for many, many years, probably with a number of different manufacturing partners. And I imagine GE Lighting is, is going to offer just insight, you know, decades and decades of insight into ways to make that more efficient. So ultimately, I'm excited. I think about it not too dissimilar from when Lutron bought Ketra with the role sort of in reverse. In that case, Ketra had some great technology. But I think they were struggling with how do we scale up? How do we keep quality and control? How do we you know, build the right distribution arm? And in that case, Lutron was really able to help with a lot of those pieces. I think this is going to be really interesting where Savant is the acquirer, but I think there's going to be aspects that both companies help teach the other. Yeah, very good. It, I, I will say as somebody who's followed Savant from the, from the press side and the, the integration side for a couple of years, uh, if anyone could do it, it, it it's Savant. They've, they're very forward thinking when it comes to not only acquisitions, but just how they run their business. They run it a little bit different uh, than everybody else in the channel. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. Uh, the one that no one really should be surprised at. Uh, with the exception of uh, Mr. Bronner, who was convinced this was going to happen. Uh, Cedia Expo announced on the 28th, uh, just a couple of days ago, that they are canceling the Cedia Expo 2020 in Denver, Colorado. Now, uh, keep in mind just for clarity that uh, CDU Expo is, was canceled by technically um, Emerald Expositions uh, or, or Emerald now because they own that trade show, but in partnership with CDU, long and short, it's over. It's done. We ain't doing it. But 
the highlight of this is that they are going to transition and do a virtual event, which again will take place and, and launch in September and will include uh, session panels with hot topics and keynotes and product discoveries and networking opportunities and an interactive expo hall. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. Uh, we will obviously be a part of it as AV Nation, uh, as I will as my own company, as will the two gentlemen that uh, are manufacturers here uh, will likely participate in some form. But because they will be participating in a completely different manner than Uncle Richie and I normally do when we go to the show, I do want to start with Uncle Richie before we get to the manufacturing side. Uh, Richie, you've, you've probably gone to these for, for decades. This, this, is, this whole show is not, hey, how old is Uncle Richie, even though you just had a birthday. It's just playing out that way. Um, you were honestly one of the first people I met at Expo who took me under their wing and, and, and took me around to see the booths I needed to go to, talk to the people I needed to get to know uh, from even, even Alex. I, I want to say that Richard was the first person to introduce me to your company. Uh, Richie, as somebody who is very involved in Expo uh, as, as a volunteer and as you know, somebody who covers the show floor with, with us and, and the aviation team, what does it mean to you that this is not going to happen in the traditional manner? Um, yeah, I've gone back and forth on it. I mean, I, I, first, I think the, the biggest part is that by finally stating, look, this isn't happening. It is allowing everybody to make the decisions to finally, to not have to be, to not be forced into a difficult decision. I know for me personally, I was constantly weighing, given the current environment, the safety, not of me going, but the repercussions of if I came back and if something happened or if I did get ill when I was, you know, in a different city. I mean, there were, there were real health concerns, whether founded or unfounded, wherever you sit on this end of the discussion. Um, but there were some, some issues for me personally about my desires and what I wanted and, and you know, the, the, my, 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 my want <laughs> versus the need for safety. Um, so that first part by, by, by saying, by Emerald saying, you know, this is done. And again, that was also partially out of their control. It was the state of Colorado said, uh, you know, we're, we're extending, you know, keeping the space open for, for overflow. Uh, and yes, because I'm old. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, not in the, I'm not in the worst case tar target demographic, but I'm getting really close up there. Um, but, but the biggest part, and, and the part that, that did hurt and, and what caused me to pause and consider and then talk to my family about it if the show went on, because my wife attends with me. And, you know, and the, the, the future goal was for, you know, the family to come as, as well, because, you know, they've grown up in it, um, is the ambassadorship, exactly what you're talking about, Matt, a, a big part of, um, you know, kind of the reach one, teach one that was always brought to me when I started and people took me under their wing was when you're starting out, it's, it's who to go to, who to talk to. And, and it's two part. It's being a manufacturer, an ambassador for a manufacturer, somebody, a manufacturer that you care about and bringing dealers and them together. And at the same time, bringing a face of a dealer to a manufacturer that hadn't dealt with them before and, and creating those relationships. And, and CEDA has always been, for me, about those relationships, about an opportunity 
um, you know, the one time in the year where manufacturers will bring the engineers, they'll bring, uh, you know, the design engineers, they'll bring the sales side, they'll bring, you know, customer service even, you know, where you place that face with a name that you may have had 50 conversations with over the course of the year and, and personalizing an experience. And, and there's a lot to be said about being in this together um, and dealers coming together. I mean, obviously, you know, after 08, you know, I felt that, you know, the subsequent expos right after the economic meltdown were important because it was important for dealers to come together and, and after some pretty rough years for a lot of these companies that a lot of them didn't survive, the ones that did survive to be able to come together and say, okay, how, how do we work together collectively and working with manufacturers and, and kind of fighting out of it. Uh, so it's tough. Now, that's not to say that, um, you know, it just stops. And then there are some manufacturers shown that, that there is a way to move outside of the traditional trade, trade show concept. Uh, and I think that it's out of necessity right now. Um, I think we're going to find out, fortunately, there's going to be a couple of major trade shows before Cedia that are going to give us an idea of what's working and what isn't working. Manufacturers are putting some large scale webinars on right now where, you know, we, we have, you know, Crestron Masters right now has 700 participants, uh, you know, in one of in, in several of the, the master's classes. I mean, that's that's no small group to be able to provide, uh, you know, teaching elements for. So we're unfortunately we're we're kind of building the cars we're driving it down the road uh and and that's good news and bad news i think that's when we tend to be our most innovative uh when we have no choice uh you know because it, it's just you got to get it out somewhere you got to deal with it and everything that you've been used to has been thrown out the window so from for me you know and i, I talked about it before we started recording i you know for me it's about finding out what the manufacturers want to do because it, it poses you know, again, here we're using the word, uh, the, the word again, unprecedented. It is an unprecedented situation that is forcing everybody to operate completely differently than they thought they would be operating six months ago. Yeah, very much so. All right, Alex, being a, uh, not only a manufacturer, but also uh, somebody who we've kind of watched develop, right? We, we, we've, I, I remember when I first was introduced to Josh in, gosh, I'm trying to think what city it was. Um, I want to say it was Indy. Was it Indy? Uh, Dallas 2015 would have been the first time. Okay. So I remember walking into that booth and, you know, it, it was a small little thing. And you, you could tell instantly that you guys were on something, that you had something that was cool, that was going to last. So as somebody who has really grown up within uh, this, this channel as a, as, a, as a company, what does the cancellation of this event mean for you guys? I'm not going to make the assumption that it is your biggest event of the year, but I'm pretty sure it kind of is when it comes to connecting with your dealers. How do you guys flip and operate in a virtual sense? Do you participate in, in a virtual CDA? Do you find other avenues or do you do all of that combined? How do, how do you wrap your head around this as a manufacturer? Yeah, that's a great set of questions. Um, with us, there are a few things that we're definitely going to miss. Uh, our headquarters are in Denver, and this was the last year it was going to be in Denver. So it was really great last year being local. We had everyone in the company go out, all of our engineers, all of our designers, all of our sales folks. And more, more than just the interactions we get to have with the community, I love when our team gets to interact with dealers and talk to customers and really see the excitement. 
and and that's going to be missed for sure. And, and I don't think there's really a great substitute. That being said, we've now had a couple months of really kind of refining this work from home, you know, learn from home kind of model. You guys had a great conference. We've been doing weekly webinars and the numbers are up. You know, we're seeing lots and lots of engagement, lots of attendance. And so I, I feel pretty confident that we're still going to have really strong relationships and engagements with our dealers. Um, but I think what, what we're going to do is look at what CD is doing as part of the way to get involved, but not the only way. You know, we're going to do our own separate launch event. Um, we've got new hardware products, new software products, new integrations. And we've always been really stuck with Josh. Josh does not demo as well on a trade show booth floor relative to an actual home. And so the plan right now is to really come up with, let's deck out a kick-ass home. Let's install Josh the way it's meant to be installed. Let's get the right products that we really want to show off the integrations for and give a very good um, virtual demo, virtual sort of keynote, if you will, of this is how you should be working with Josh. This is what it's capable of doing. This is what it's like in a real home. And I'm actually really excited about that. I think there, there are some real advantages that we wouldn't otherwise get to have. That being said, you're well aware, we're very social, we host events, we go to events, you know, we, we go all out. You know, CD, as you, you um, assumed, is our largest event of the year in terms of just marketing dollars and effort. And it's, it's definitely gonna be sad not getting to do all of what we usually like to do. That being said, we've had some interesting um, opportunities as we explore the, the savings of not deploying all of that capital to Expo. Now, it doesn't mean that we just are sitting on this cash, don't know what to do. And, you know, we've had various vendors in the industry hitting us up, hitting us, uh, hitting us up saying, hey, without Expo, I'm sure you've got a lot of cash. You should buy ads here and sponsor this and, you know, trying to get us to do all sorts of stuff, which, you know, we want to support as much as we can, but we always need to make sure there's a really clear ROI with these things. I will say outside of the Josh component, um, full disclosure, I am on the Cedia board. Um, do not speak for Cedia. That's not at all where I'm coming from here. But just as an individual, I was relieved when Emerald decided to cancel the show officially. I felt like we're definitely not going to have a vaccine. Lots of events shortly before and after being canceled. The travel was scary. The idea of having even just hundreds of people in closed environments, I think, is, is not a great idea right now. And I also know a lot of dealers who are just struggling in terms of lost revenue been dealing with you know covid and i think this is not necessarily the right time for this type of event um, i do think tech summits will be interesting if those can come back and start doing more local events but i think going digital is the right call for everyone and i think it's going to be really successful just in ways that are unlike past cds very good i i will say i'm kind of in the same boat from a uh, a travel situation as, as much as I would have loved it to go on. And I'd love to uh, see all of our industry friends and peers and, and meet all the vendors and all, all that fun stuff. Uh, I also had to look at it from the standpoint of until they, whether they have a vaccine or not, whether they host the show or not until they open the borders and they eliminate this, uh, you know, self-isolation thing when you cross an international border. Uh, if I cross if I can get across, but if I even cross the Canadian U.S. border right now, 
I'm stuck two weeks isolating in the US before I go to anything. Uh, and then when I get home, I'm stuck with two weeks of isolation where I can't go anywhere or do anything. So if I were to, if they were to hold it and I were to come over, I'm stuck for like five weeks not doing anything. It's crazy. Paul, you, you've obviously been on on the, the manufacturing side as well of this conversation, um, but with some some bigger vendors, we'll say. Um, what is what is the loss of shows like this due to uh, the large scale vendors? Is it the same carbon copy uh, of what Alex is dealing with with Josh? Is it is it different? Is is this something where I have heard from a couple of uh, manufacturers that they have no desire to participate in a virtual event of this scale for multi for a multitude of reasons. How do how do you look at this? How how do you how do you plan this going forward? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, we're finding ourselves in kind of an of, of a different world here. If you would have asked me uh, many things about uh, today, and then certainly the recent days, if I backed myself up to uh, got my way back machine and went back uh, four months ago, I, I would have never anticipated we'd be where we are today in many many ways. Um, and CD is just one of those one of those additional things. CD Expo. Um, so when I received the news, I, I wasn't terribly surprised. I think that uh, it's expressed by by Alex and Richard that uh, if we had if it had gone on, people were going to have to make a tough decision. Um, you were going to have to decide: is my own personal safety, my family's personal safety, worth the business of going in there? Manufacturers are are going to have that would have made the same question too. Mm -hmm. um, do I force my employees to go to a show where they're uncomfortable, stand on a show floor? Um, maybe bump elbows, but I'm still really close to people that I don't know where they've been. I don't know anything about what their quarantine policy has been. And I'm subjecting myself to this experience. So it was the right call. I, I don't think there's any doubt that this was the right call. For manufacturers though, um, you look at this and I'm gonna take, the, I'm gonna take the, the downside and I'll go to some of the upsides. The downside, the great things about trade shows, a couple of different things. One, you've got a very captive audience. Um, especially you talk about CD Expo, you're going to get like the who's who of the dealers that are coming to the show and they're there to learn. They want to know, they want to understand, they want what is the new stuff that you're coming out with? Why am I supposed to be engaged with you? If I'm not engaged with you, why should I be engaged with you? And that excitement is around those new products and the new things and features that you show. But it's also, there's a social part of it that's based on just looking at behavior. If you see a packed booth at a trade show, especially a CD Expo, you want to go. You want to go figure out what are all these, what are the people looking at? And if those people are interested, I should be interested in that as well. And so if you can get the draw into your booth at CD Expo, you know you're going to start to get that residual effect that comes along from that. You can almost, you can almost map that to the number of people you have visit your booth. We used to at a previous company do that same thing. You'd map the number of people you're getting to visit. And you, can, you can look at that correlation. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be different now because we don't have that 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 part where i can say look i've got my booth is packed full every day people are coming in people are excited about this people are talking about it. it's getting blogged people are taking facebook pictures and posting it about all the cool stuff they're seeing so i'm not going to have that social aspect of it not only that but then there's that interaction that the dealers have with each other too it's a great learning experience for dealers i'm all about community especially the cd community um, and we've, we've talked about on previous shows about some of that before. 
but that that community of having people say, hey, have you seen anything cool at the show? And I, that, the number of those interactions I hear at a CD Expo are, are amazing too. It's like, oh yeah, you got to go down and go check these guys out. They've got this new thing that you got to see. Have you seen it yet? And it's like, no, 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 get down there and take a look at it. And we're going to miss out, I, I think, on that. And I'm hoping that the tools that are come up that we come up with, um, as as uh, Richie said, we we've got this. We're we're building the engine around it. It's more like a jet that we're flying, and we're rebuilding engines on it as it's flying along because it's it's moving really fast. Um, and the the thing that we're going to have to figure out is how do we how what does this virtual world look like? And it's something we even at GE. So we our big show, not necessarily CD Expo, but CES is, and we. CES is not made announced, but, but I can guarantee if they have a show, it's going to be poorly attended. I mean, you just think yeah. about people not wanting to put themselves in danger. you got people from all over the world there, 65 countries, 180,000 people normally. Even if you do go, it's going to be sparsely attended. So in any case, we were going to have to come up with something virtually. And so we've been already putting a lot of thought process in the last three or four weeks about what does that look like? How, what is a virtual booth? What's a virtual experience? How do I take somebody through what we're doing today? Um, Alice had some great things in there too. I think there's some, uh, the upside part of this is that there are things that we could potentially show somebody. You're just not going to get on a, on a trade show floor. Um, mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to show that full experience. I can't show you everything that happens and I can't show it in a real world environment. We'll mock up rooms and you'll make it appear that it's like a house and you'll show the automation across that house, but it's not the same thing. And if we can do that in a way that helps somebody understand what is the real experience of living with our products and with our solutions, I actually think there's a great benefit to that. The social part of it is the part that, I, that we're going to be challenged as an organization to try to figure through, which is like, how do we get people excited? And then how do we gauge their excitement? And then two, how do we make sure that others know that they're excited about it so that we get this kind of herd, uh, this herd thing where people want to belong to it or want to understand or at least want to, uh, to learn about it. So. Those are the challenges, but I, I, I do think that there's going to be some advantages to come over here. But I also think we're also entering into a new norm. Um, I think that, um, at least for the foreseeable future, it'll be interesting to see if we go back to full trade shows. I don't know. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe that they're not as important um, as they were. Maybe these tools that we come up with allow us to be able to do things more virtually. And then maybe those things are continual. Rather than having to have that in September we do CEDIA, in January we do CES, Maybe something that like expands through the year, and we've got these events that you can that you can go to. Maybe there are seminal events, but then there's a bunch of other events that help drive people and behaviors. Well, let me just let me just ask a, a panel question then. When do you think is going to be the next full scale industry event? Is it going to be CES? Is it going to be ISC? Is it going to be a Vixa's you know Infocom 2021? Is it Cedia in two years? I think, unfortunately, that's going to be a science question as opposed to an industry question. Uh, I think that until attendees feel that their personal safety can be assured, uh, everybody's going to pause. Uh, I know I would. Um, you know, I mean, again, it goes back to what you want to do versus what is the responsible thing to do. And trade shows just by nature is a bunch of people in an enclosed space. So I, you know, I mean, you're taking all of the don'ts right now <laughs> that we're being told and we're just throwing them all together in a giant pot. And so, uh, you know, I think that they're like, Paul just said it. I, I, I think the new normal is going to dictate uh, when that happens. I 
personally don't know when that'll be. Yeah, just, just to give a, a little bit of a timetable, the earliest that I think we could see a vaccine would be March, and that's absolute earliest. That assumes that the vaccine is somehow immediately available to everyone and that it actually works. Yet we know the flu vaccine doesn't work on everyone. There are different strands, takes time to distribute. So my guess is mid to late 2021 is the soonest I would think it could happen. Um, and that might even be stretching it depending on if we even come up with a quality vaccine that works. Yeah, that's a good point. That seems about right from the amount of time. All right, gentlemen. In this new world. It is a brand new world, uh, just like an Aladdin song. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Richie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can obviously type my name into the interwebs and several things will show up. Uh, one of them, probably uh, the fastest, would be uh, on Twitter, at rfergosa. You can also find us at uh, fergosadesign.com. Uh, but as I say, always the place where I would love for you to find me, most importantly, would be here on the Aviation suite of shows. Obviously here on Resi Week, I love being here. But also with my good friend Steve Greenblatt, we have a great show on the control systems industry called the state of control. Um, but by supporting uh, the show and by supporting the sponsors, most importantly, that'd be the best way to uh, show show Uncle, uh, Uncle Richie some love. So if you want to give me a belated birthday present, come to the site. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Alex, sir, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Josh AI, where can they do that? Yeah, best thing's right on the website, josh.ai. And you can always reach out to me directly as well, alex at josh.ai. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, congratulations and all that fun stuff. If people want to connect with you, learn more about GE Lighting, where can they do that? So uh, to learn more about our smart home products, go to cbygecbyge.com. And that'll show you what we've been doing in the smart home, something I've been building over the last with our team over the last couple of years. You can see what we've got going on there. Um, also, gelighting.com. And I'll put in a plug for savant.com since we're, we're going to get there soon, end of June. Um, so three, pl three places, learn more about what we've got going on. And uh, if people want to reach out to me personally, uh, paul.williams at uh, ge.com. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avionation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.